This show contains movie spoilers and swearing. Welcome back to another episode of Bite Size Cinema. I'm your host, RJ McCready. And for this episode, I'm going to be taking you guys back to the year in 1980 to look at Roger Corman's action, adventure, sci-fi, classic movie. And that is Battle Beyond the Stars. That's right, I knew I was going to get around to doing this one eventually. So let's fire up now. Let's take on the evil Sador. Let's go back to the planet of Akira. Let's play you guys a trailer and I'll see you soon. Invaders, a defenseless planet. Battle beyond the stars. A lone youth escapes on a last ditch mission that begins at the edge of the universe. story of a boy who finds more than he expected. <laughs> and all he can handle. Does your species have kissing? Oh, yes. We have that. Try one. That's a hot dog. It comes from Earth. Do you like it? There's no dog in this. Mm -mm. Soybean meal? Niacin, dextrose, and sodium nitrate flavoring. That's what we call meat back home. Battle Beyond the Stars. Starring Richard Thomas, George Papard, Robert Vaughn, John Saxon, <laughs> A battle beyond time, beyond space. I set fire! That ends in a desperate gamble. They'll be able to board us. It won't make any difference. Get that hatch open! No! Battle beyond the stars. And welcome back guys. So the synopsis of this film is a young farmer sets out to recruit mercenaries to defend his peaceful planet which is under the threat of invasion by the evil tyrant Sador and his armada of aggressors. It's an action adventure sci-fi. It's uh, got a 104 minute runtime and it's a PG. 
It got 5.5 on IMBD, which I think it could probably do with a little bit more than that. I think it's a little bit more better than a 5.5. And it was uh, directed by a guy called Jimmy T. McCarmy. I think that's how you pronounce his name. He's known for directing other films such as Heavy Metal, uh, Humanoids from the Deep with, I think that's Doug McClure in that movie, which is another, I think it's another Corman film, which I'll get onto in a minute. He also uh, helped direct the Raymond Briggs' The Snowman and the incredibly... I find this movie terrifying, actually. I haven't brought this one up before. It's When the Wind Blows, another Raymond Briggs film, which I remember watching. It scared the hell out of me when I watched it uh, in a very sort of creepy way. Um, and Roger Corman, of course. Uh, the Well, he's... He's a legend in Hollywood. He's he's an independent film director. He's made, you know, he's been involved with 416 movies. He's directed 56. Um, in fact, I could possibly do a whole whole show on him himself, but I will just round this up a bit. But basically, Roger Corman is a guy that you go to if you want to make a movie, and he'll. If you're going to make a film for around about $50,000, $100,000, he'll probably finance it for you and then he'll give you full control. And he had a run of independent films, especially from the 70s into the 80s. There's a whole ton of them. Go and check them out. Um, he created a independent um, production company called New World Pictures, which is involved with this movie. And just to name a couple of the films you might know, uh, Philadelphia Experiment, Chud, The Stuff, um, Vamp, and more famously, Hellraiser. So yeah, he's, like I say, I could probably do a whole episode on him, but um, Roger Corman is a name that you are probably familiar with in the, in the movie world. And um, yeah, he's, he's, he's still going, um, still making movies. Uh, which is great stuff. So really is he really has helped people get on board um, in the film industry, you know, such as famous directors and actors. Let's just name a couple of those. So with directors, he helped kickstart uh, Francis Ford Coppola, Ron Howard, Martin Scorsese, Joe Dante, John Sowles and James Cameron. And with actors, you had Peter Fonda, Jack Nicholson, Dennis Hopper, Bruce Dern, Sylvester Stallone, and William Shatner. So he has helped out a lot of people get kick their um, kickstart their careers. So he's given these guys opportunities. But as I said, um, I could probably do a whole episode on um, Corman, but I'm here to talk about the film that he made, one of his big movies, one of his biggest independent movies that he spent two million dollars on, which was a lot of money back then. Um, but I think with this film, uh, two million dollars is a lot of money, but it's still not an awful lot of money um, in Hollywood in those times so you do get a lot of film for your buck with this and when I talk about a lot of film for your buck let's mention James Cameron right now um, so you, James Cameron is you know, a very successful film director he he uh, directed Terminator Aliens and Titanic he also one of his latest ones is Avatar um, but he started his career out as a special effects um, whiz, you know, technician, whatever you want to um, call it, which is something I'm, I'm actually in awe with. Um, I, I actually love building stuff like that myself just as a as a hobby, so I kind of get that. 
And this would, for me, would have been some great times to be about as a special effects guy, because I'm very fond of making stuff from scratch. And I think James Cameron turned up and he literally was left to get on with it. You know, he made all the spaceships in this film. He he made all the sets and stuff like that. And he was literally making stuff out of uh, McDonald's cartons and really just making it up as he went along. Um, so under underneath this film, <clears throat> having a look at... Um, all my sort of online resource in the internet. He, he was kind of like the sort of backstage hero to this film. And when I say hero, I think he deserves that hero title because he also like just slept anywhere on set. He didn't actually go home for a number of weeks. He just stayed there and um, cracked on with this movie. So, you know, respect to the guy. I've heard that he's supposed to be an awkward bloke to work with, um, especially looking at the Aliens episode that I did. But um, same time, he's a, he's a guy who has led by the front and I think he's the sort of guy that would probably roll up his sleeves and get the job done so yeah full, full respect to Cameron and also mentioning James Cameron there there's also another guy from Aliens the 1986 movie that worked on this set which is um, Bill Paxton I didn't know that he was actually a carpenter um, before he delved into the acting world so he was working on the uh, set of this movie. Um, it's also worth mentioning the screenplay is by John Sowles. And he also went on to go and write um, uh, Piranha. In fact, I think he might have written that before this. Uh, the film Alligator, which is another film that I've spoken about. And The Howling, which is funny enough, another film that I've done a review on. Um, but yeah, they're probably films that you're familiar with. And the pumping score to this movie, which I think is absolutely standout, is like one of the heroes itself of this film, and I'm a massive fan of um, soundtracks. And I think they really, really, really did them well these days, you know, back in the 80s, which was uh, James Horner. Uh, one of his first um, soundtracks, or one of his first major studio soundtracks, which is incredible. Um, you will know, probably know James Horner for films such as um, he did Krull, it's another one I'm, I'm a fan of. He did uh, Star Trek, the motion picture, the Raf Khan. He did, um, then he went on to go and do the Titanic and then Braveheart. And he's just, um, you know, he's done some fantastic soundtracks. And uh, regretfully, it's the late James Horner. We, we lost him a few years back. So, um, But he's, his legacy is just amazing. So it is, it's, it's really one of those films where you can say, yeah, the gang's all here. It's got some names to it, you know, as I've mentioned, you know, Corman, John Sowles, James Horner, James Cameron, you know, Bill Paxton's in there somewhere. And then on top of that, you've got a cast, which is great, uh, which is Richard Thomas. Uh, he plays the main character, Shad, and he he, <laughs> he is responsible for that. You know, when you talk about Battle Beyond the Stars, people just... When I talk about this film, people say, oh yeah, there's a guy from the Waltons, you know, Jim Bob, you know, in a spacecraft. So he was famous for being the Waltons. Robert Vaughan, uh, who you may know, well, I remember him from The Man From U.N.C.L.E. and he also played um, Lee in The Magnificent Seven. And talking about The Magnificent Seven, I don't think I've mentioned this yet. Basically, Battle Beyond the Stars is a remake of The Magnificent Seven and... The Magnificent Seven was a remake itself of The Seven Samurai, which was either written or directed by Akira 
Kurusaurus. Um, sorry, I'm terrible with <laughs> surnames, but that's the director. But Kira. So, Magnificent Seven, and this, um, there is a, an Easter egg here because the Akira um, name of this director is obviously the name of the planet in this movie, so it's like a little bit of a tie in there, so that all ties in together with the Magnificent Seven. So, that is a, so this film is a remake of that, but going back to the cast, you've got George Peppard, who plays Cowboy, and... For me, when I watched this film at the time, he was Hannibal from the A-Team and he was basically, for me, Hannibal playing a cowboy in space and he's really cool in this movie and he is... Uh, how can I explain it? I'm going to go into a little bit of a segue now with Guardians of the Galaxy. He is kind of like Star-Lord's grandpa or something like that. Do you know what I mean? I can sort of see that. So, And I can sort of... And the selfie I was going to mention, again, a little bit of segue here. You can sort of see the influences with those types of movies, with, um, like, especially the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. I can sort of see the tie-ins with this type of movie and that type of movie. And um, where today, and I think I've mentioned this before on my previous episodes, where today you've got the Marvel universe which is fantastic and you've got all the crossovers so you've got four you've got captain america you've got um iron man you've got star lord so they all they've all got their independent films but then they all tie over and i've always thought that you could have this tie over in the 80s with these movies so you've got uh, battle beyond the stars you've got krull and then you've got star trek and i think they the the tie over there is obviously the James Horner score. Um, but I think the special effects, it's got the same sort of uh, aesthetic to it. It's got the same sort of charm and all that sort of stuff. And I could actually see uh, Prince Colwyn from Kroll team up with uh, Shad and also the crew of the Starship Enterprise go and take on, you know, Sador and the Slayer. And Khan being the bad guys, and I would love to see a movie with all those characters all in it together. So you've kind of got like a sort of an assembled movie, but with these characters from the 80s. That's just how my mind works, but I could see that. So you could possibly have, you know, just imagine Prince Colwyn on the on the deck of the uh, Starship Enterprise with his glaive. Um, trying to help those guys out. So yeah, that's... Kind of how I see these films. I think they could possibly all be happening in the same universe somewhere. So, just a little bit of food for thought. But let's get back to the cast. Man, my head's just uh, running away with it. Sorry. <laughs> uh, right. So, John Saxon is in this movie as well. I'm talking about Sador. Plays a bad guy. Uh, plays it really well. Um, he's got a badass hammerhead ship, which is probably a little bit of a rip-off from the... Um, Death Star, but I'll get into that later on. Uh, Sybil Dannon is in this movie. She's looking lovely. Um, she's an Australian actress. Uh, she was in a film with uh, George Peppard, which was Operation Thunderbolt. And again, she's known for making loads of uh, B-movies, particularly in the 70s and 80s. And she was also in Airport 1979, Meteor and the Musketeer movies. So that's the cast, or some of the cast in this movie. Um, let's have a look at some trivia. So I've already mentioned that James Cameron slept on the set most of the time. 
Um, oh, that's right. So Space Raiders is a film that came out a couple of years after this. So basically, it's uh, man, it's uh, it's unusual for a, for a B movie to get ripped off by another B movie. <laughs> Um, <clears throat> Space Raiders is a bad movie, though. It um, kind of does what it says on the tin. They use the same soundtrack. They use the same ships. I watched it recently. I was entertained. That's all I need to say. I think it's on Amazon, so go and check it out. Um, the film was made, as I've already mentioned, for $2 million. It didn't do too bad at the box office. It, it did a return of $7.5 million which I think was a big hit for Corman at the time. He also went on to go and sell the movie to Orion Pictures for a VHS release, which I think it then went on to go and do really well on the VHS as well. Uh, there is a comic book prequel that came out, which is called Battle Amongst the Stars, which tells you about the planet Akira and the ship Nell. And I think it's the elder in this movie and his adventures, so it kind of gives you a little bit of a backstory there. And there's a mention of Cowboy talking to Shad about Sador, and he says that he's never lost a war. It kind of indicates that Sador may have possibly invaded Earth, and again, that's possibly like a prequel to this movie as well which would be pretty cool so um so there yeah you go there's some uh, trivia that is as I always say guys that is the building block to this film so let's do a bite-sized review of battle beyond the stars so the film starts off by propelling you into outer space literally you've got the james horner soundtrack which is amazing you've got the credits that come onto the screen with battle beyond the stars and it's almost like you're in the cockpit of the millennium falcon going into warp drive so i'd imagine back in the day this was a whole ton of fun at the cinema and the plot to the story and this is no discredit to it is really just written on a napkin and I have absolutely no problem with that because I'm all about a little bit of a basic plot. I'm just here to enjoy the space ride. And it really is, you know, a bad guys fighting the good guys in outer space. You've literally got John Saxon turning up in his hammerhead um, stellar converter, Death Star, sort of rip-off. You know, I'll say that in the light sort of way. And... He has turned up to the planet occurred to say, look, I'm going to blow you up in seven days. And that is basically it. And the planet of Akir is peaceful. They don't really have any weapons. Um, they just, all they've got is uh, food, peace and tranquility and all that sort of stuff. But what they have got is this badass ship, which was flown by the... Elder, which is a guy called Zed, and he's the guy who I spoke about who had like this backstory in Battle Amongst the Star in the comic book. And he's basically said, yeah, can we get someone to fly this ship to go and recruit some mercenaries so we can take this guy on? And this is where uh, Shad comes in. He's like the young farm boy. A little bit of a Luke Skywalker sort of theme there. <laughs> Again, I've got no problem with that. And it is, um, like I say, Bridget Thomas from the Waltons. And he's kind of like our, our leading character in this. And he, you know, he does a good job. Uh, um, 
It gets into the amazing spacecraft, and let's just talk about that for a minute. And I watched it, this film a few months ago, and it really inspired me to then go and make this um, spacecraft out of uh, modelling clay. And uh, check out my webpage from Rags the Movie Props. I've got it on there. So, and you know, it's a very unusual looking spacecraft. It looks like it's very sort of reminiscent of uh, HR Giger from Alien, it looks like it's got body parts on it, something that went over my head when I was a kid, you know, I never noticed the breast on the front, you know, <laughs> but I noticed that now, um, so yeah, it's a it's a great spacecraft, and it is, you know, the um, AI navigator, you know, is just badass, she really does give um, our hero shadow run for his money and sort of tells him to go a man up a little bit so with seven days to go uh, shad goes on a quest now and he goes to a space station and he meets dr hepapatus i think his name is but it's played by sam jeff and he is a he's he's partly android I don't know whether to laugh at this scene or not, but I, again, when I watched it as a kid, there's a lot of stuff that went over my head. Um, <laughs> and he's basically, again, like I say, he's basically thought that, well, Chad's turned up to reproduce for my daughter because this is just full of androids and then you can sort of continue the family tree for me, which, again, like I say, just went over my head when I was a kid. But Chad... It, there is a little bit of a love interest between um, him and this guy's daughter, which is played by the very beautiful Darlene Flugel. Uh, she is absolutely stunning in this movie. But Shad says that, you know, look, I've got this problem on my planet. Sador's turned up and I need some help. But fair play to Shad. He, um, he turns down this uh, temptation and he says, look, I need to go and help my home planet out. So, he has no luck in recruiting anybody here, but Narnelia follows him in her, her own ship, which I'll get back to later. So, Shad then encounters um, Cowboy, played by George Peppard, and he is a space trucker from Earth. And he just happens to be carrying a whole ton of weapons, uh, rifles, blasters, all that sort of stuff. And Shad tells him about the problem that he has with Sador and uh, Cowboy is very familiar with Sador. As I mentioned earlier, there's that possible um, backstory here with um, Sador taking on or invading Earth. Um, Shad helps Cowboy um, twice. He uh, repels uh, Sador's, uh, I think they're called Jackers, they're like the uh, little spacecraft, that, like the interceptor fighters. And because Cowboy is running a little bit low on fuel, he decides to help him out. He decides to help out Kier and offers to train up the people with uh, weapons and blasters and all that sort of stuff. Shad then goes on to recruit the five alien clones called the Nestor. And they basically say that they have an incredibly dull life, so they just want a bit of entertainment. He then goes and finds Robert Vaughan and... He is basically, he can't go to any civilised planet because he's got up to so much mischief. So he basically says, you know, I wouldn't mind going to a kid just for a little bit of being able to wander around without anybody trying to kill me. So that's what he's in for. 
And then along the way, he comes across uh, Saint X Min, uh, played by Sybil Dannin. And she is actually a Valkyrie warrior, which I think has connections to uh, Thor and the Norse gods and the Vikings and all that sort of stuff, I believe. So you've got a little bit of a tie in there. She has a extremely fast enhanced fire powered ship which would be helpful but Shad finds her a little bit annoying and he wishes her to go away which is a little bit harsh I think because he's trying to find recruits for mercenaries but she ends up helping him along the way and then whilst all this is happening um, Shad returns to Akir with his assembled um, mercenaries but Nanidia is captured by a reptilian slayer named Cayman and she's in a little bit of hot water here. She's tied up and then she explains to Cayman that Sador um, is here to destroy the worlds. And then Cayman says, right. Well, in that case, then, uh, you know, I've got a little bit of a uh, beef with this guy. So I'll come and help you out. So I think he's a bit, he's kind of like the um, anti-sword hero in this movie. So he becomes part of the mercenaries as well. So now get your first battle scene in space and on the surface of Akira. So our heroes now intercept Sador's um, hammerhead and the Maomori interceptors. So you get some, I guess you could call it some Star Wars stuff here. You get some dogfights here, you get some laser battles, all that sort of stuff. <laughs> And then whilst all this is happening in space, you've then got a cowboy who has trained up the Akiras to fend for themselves and you get um, some really good um, like laser battles between the Akirans and Sador's um, troops. You know, George Peppard is like doing all his gunsling and stuff. And you get some really nasty moments here because the Sador's troops turn up with this like sonic sound tank and it takes on the Akirans and it's like lets out this sound and they've literally like got blood coming out their ears which is kind of really pushing that PG rating for this movie <laughs> I remember watching it the other day thinking that's pretty it's pretty damn horrific to be honest with you but there you go it's, it's a good battle I like the way, and like I say, I like the way you have the sort of battle on the planet and then the battle in space as well. And then you get our first um, hero who dies here, which is actually uh, Gelt. He gets shot down. And one of the Nesters gets captured as well. And I forgot to mention this because Sador is a guy who is aging. He, he's, he's really old and he bas he's basically like Frankenstein. He, he takes body parts. And he takes one of the body parts off one of the nesters and um, they basically use their mind powers to try and kill him. So it's like a sort of an assassination attempt. So they have to cut his arm off. So now Sador's like, kind of like just got one arm, which kind of makes him even more of a badass, I guess. So then you've got the... You're coming up to like the final act of the movie now. And now have got Sador. He's basically launching everything at Akira. Um, you get Saint Exim, um, she blows herself up trying to take out the set of a converter. 
So with that taken out and all of Sador's um, starfire has been taken out by the mercenaries, but unfortunately the mercenaries have been taken out themselves, including Starfire, um, including Cowboy, which I was very sad with back in the day. Um, so all that's left is now Nell with Shad and the Nadia, and they are now captured by the uh, tractor beam of Sador's ship. But this is where Nell comes up with the plan and she basically says that there is a, a device on board the ship which will um, self-destruct. So Analia and uh, Shad, they get into the life pod and Nell gets um, boarded onto Sador's ship and she blows up and as she blows up she takes on Sador's ship as well. So. You get a huge explosion, and then that pretty much closes the movie. You get Shadow and Ada to go back to Akira, go and live their peaceful life. And they basically say that we, we will remember the, the mercenaries and what they did for the planet forever. And uh, basically that's how the movie ends. So it, it goes from A to B very quickly. You've got some action, you've got some star fights, you've got some... Uh, you know, battle between the Akirians and the troops, as I mentioned. You get some blasters. Uh, you've got some really good special effects. Um, you've also got, um, forgot to mention, there's some really good map paintings in this movie as well, between the, the actual model spacecraft and um, when, they, when they land on the planets. And I think that still holds up today as well. I think it looks really good. Um, I don't think Battles Beyond the Stars has a 4K Blu-ray release yet, but it certainly deserves one, so um, hopefully that will come out. But there you go, that is basically it. So in a bite-size uh, way that I do this show, that is basically it. You know, it is just a you know sci-fi adventure movie. Um, it's aging a little bit, but I think it's holding up really well. So if you if you have seen it, I know there's. Um, every time Battle Beyond the Stars gets posted on the Facebook page, there's a lot of interest, there's a lot of fans, there's a lot of people like myself that grew up with this film. And I forgot to mention, yes it is, you know, it's it was made because of Star Wars. Um, I think I forgot to mention that, you know, Star Wars hit the cinema, it went boom, and then everybody went, let's make a Star Wars movie. I don't think this is a bad one. And you also had um, Battlestar Galactica that came out as well. And you know, I, I really am a fan as well, just to mention it. I'm a big fan of um, practical special effects. And I really do like these um, these dogfight battles in these old movies. You know, you can almost sort of like see the rivets on the um, spacecraft and stuff like that. Don't get me wrong, CGI is good. It's doing some great stuff today. Um, but I, I am a fan of this type of uh, special effect. You know, back to basic old school. You can see the, the special effects artists have just made this stuff up and I am a big fan of that. So um, yeah, Battle Beyond the Stars, yeah, it's a fun movie. It's a bit cheesy. Um, don't mind that. Don't mind that at all. So if you have seen it, hopefully you're a fan. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. It's uh, just a whole ton of 90 minutes fun. Um, so there you go, guys. Uh, hope you, you enjoyed that episode. Before I close the show, just do a little bit of admin. I am a proud member of the Legion Podcast Network, so please go and check out all the other shows on there, including my other show, uh, which is the Mystery Vault Podcast, which I'm having a whole ton of fun with at the moment. It's all about mysteries and the unexplained. 
Um, I've just recently done the Philadelphia experiment, which was a strange case. And um, my next episode for that will be vampires. So please go and check that out. That is, you can find that the same as Bite Size with um, Spotify, iTunes, YouTube and several other players. And um, remember, if you, if you want to leave me some feedback on there, it'd be much appreciated as well. Um, especially on iTunes and Apple Podcasts and all that stuff. So let me know what, let me know what I'm doing. Good stuff, negative stuff. I don't mind. Let me know. <laughs> um, I've also got a Facebook page, uh, which is where I'm most active on. That's where you can get me if you want to sort of put down a movie recommendation. Also check out, as I mentioned, with um, the special effects and all that sort of stuff. I have a page called from rags to rj's from rags to movie props uh, where i make uh, movie props out of scratch in my shed i will literally pick up some soft pine and some tubes and i'll go and make something from a movie which i absolutely love so go and check out um, my page on there so lot to keep yourself busy with all that sort of stuff um so yeah that's it guys what am i gonna be doing next i don't know <laughs> I I don't know. I, I, I didn't even know I was going to do Battle Beyond the Stars, so that's how I'm rolling at the moment. I literally just, uh, I could be driving down the road, I'll wake up in the morning and I'll go, let's do this movie. It will just come into my head, so it'll be a surprise. I'll, I will think of something to do, um, so wait and see. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's it. Uh, keep it bite-sized. Keep it safe and I'll see you guys soon. show then make sure you check out the other great shows on the legion podcast network like cinema psyops cinema beef devour the podcast duncan and Bo come correct exploding heads horror movie podcast friday the 13th get slayed the hell ming power hour hello this is the doom show hero hero ghost show kill the cast underwater kaiju from outer space jerry hates action legion after dark metal health obsessive cinema discourse Pick Six Movies, the podcast by The Cemetery, the podcast on Haunted Hill, the Psycho-Semantic Podcast, Rick Radio, House of Wax, Dude Looks Like the 80s, Rabbit and Red Radio, The Shadecast, Short Bus Cinema, Two Drink Minimum Commentaries, The VD Clinic, Who Will Survive Horror Podcast, and Witch vs. the Doomsday Clock. With such a widespread of shows, there is guaranteed to be a niche for you to fall in love with. Horror, politics, movies, books, sex, music, commentaries, health, video games, kaiju, action, news, comedy, and opinions that would most likely get you killed in some parts of the world. We are proud to bring you some of the best podcasting in the world. Check us out at www.legionpodcast.com, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, and any other dark corner of the internet where podcasts can be found.